So let's get it started with a little rap. Let's get it started with a little rap. I got the lightning and I got the zap. It was November, so I forgot to fat. <laughs> I'm just dropping that shit. I don't even give a crap. You know, I'm working on my delts and I'm working on my lats. I'm chilling with Michael. I remember him from a past life. Talking to him is like remembering to ride a bicycle. Hey, now I need a tricycle. That's three in a unicycle. That's three to one. We're talking about division. We're talking about divinity. We're talking about dominion. Over. I'm not a push over. I gotta be lucky like a four-leaf clover. Irish man Michael and I'm a four-leaf clover. Pulling up in a rover. I'm not talking about range, but I got range. I'm talking about those things and I'm making them strange. Sure, then fiction. I had to do it because they love my diction. But I'm not even talking about the airy. But I'm talking about pixies, goblins, fairies. I'm feeling like something always is scary. I'm feeling like I'm Harry Potter's daughter. I feel like I am colder with a drop hotter. Hey, I can do it cause I got blotter acid. I can say it cause I went to Lake Placid. Then I had to do it cause I'm feeling spastic. Then I had to stretch it out feeling elastic, feeling erratic. Had to do it cause I had to do it in the stratosphere. Had to do it cause I had to do it in the western hemisphere. Ooh, yeah, I'm feeling near, feeling the love above. I had to do it cause it is spectacular. They love my vernacular. I do it because I'm ridiculous. I want an open heart. I want it to be miraculous. I want a golden chalice. She wanted my shape. She wanted it to be phallic. Hey, I had to do it like a Ben Affleck. But I am not talking no songs in the rear. I had to do it because this love is near. We faced our fears. We went around the God earth. We went around our spheres. I had to get into these spheres and these circles. Crop circles till my face went purple. Went back to high school, gave myself a purple nurple. Just for the masochism. Just for the egotism. Just cause I had to do it because I, you know I have vision. I don't have no stigmatism. Not when it comes to the third eye. And honestly, my intention is, ha, we don't even have to try. So, growing up, did you have a very easy um, journey of expressing? Had you supporters of your expression? I think from a very young age, I was pretty expressive. I would say it was more expressive. I wouldn't say it was on the artistic side per se. Not necessarily. I've always just, I was like hyper. I, wouldn't, I didn't have like ADHD or anything that prevented me from functioning in the world. But like I was definitely like, I feel like I was always somewhat different. I remember when I was in daycare and I was like, I don't know, five or six. And it would be nap time and the entire place would be asleep and I would lie awake. I just couldn't comprehend the idea of just, oh, I'm not tired, I never fell asleep. I, and I don't know what that means, but it's just like, I, I'll stay awake when everyone else is asleep. Oh, I'm so cool. But no, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've, I mean, it's one, here, here's the thing. Everyone is different and everyone feels secretly that they're the one that's different, right? And then that's what all the studies be like, hey, you're not actually, you're, everyone's the same, you're actually not different, don't be egotistical, all that kind of stuff. The problem is, what do you do when it's clear that you are different? From a, like, you could say that in a braggadocious way, or it's just like facts. <laughs> From a relative standpoint, I'm still Venn diagram closer i'm still 99 percent to all humans because we're all very close but relatively like from a median standpoint i'm obviously not and neither are you obviously just in that median herd whatever that is and it's just like reconciling everyone says oh yeah everyone thinks they're different but what do you do when you actually are one of the anomalies 
And then you have to reconcile with, do I just think I'm an anomaly and I think I'm full of shit? Or I think I'm better than others, or I'm narcissistic? Or maybe all those things, being narcissistic and full of shit, maybe those aren't mutually exclusive with actually being different. Maybe you could be different and be narcissistic and full of shit. Have you got a fear of being narcissistic? Um, I think until... I mean, I guess, I guess slightly. However, I've come to terms with it just uh, on, on Tuesday at the ecstatic dance at Eagle's Nest. And uh, I started writing on the way over and I talked about how when I was spending too much energy and time in the internal battle, am I a narcissist? Am I not? No. And denying it. That I'm, while having that internal dialogue, I can't do anything for anyone else. And then it actually just perpetuates the narcissistic thing because it's just about me. So I said... You know, Carl Jung, Carl Jung said, you can't change anything that you don't accept. So I said, okay, well, I'll accept it for now and know that it's not a fixed entity, but it's an observation of this current moment in time, whatever that means. And then that was very freeing, liberating, thereby empowering, thereby freed up all this space where I'm not spending my time trying to convince myself that I'm a narcissist and I can use that energy that's flowing through, I'll bet, maybe not as well as optimally as it will one day, but I can still use that energy in a way to flow through and help others. And in that process, that will be the abandonment of, of self. And then something I wrote, I actually talked to Greg, founder of Eagle's Nest on the podcast today. I was saying, even if you were the most selfish person on earth and all you cared about was your own aims and resources and access to everything, that was all, it was your number one and exclusive priority in life, then it would still be in your best interest go and help as many people as you can, or at least depth within a handful of people or areas, communities. And then on the flip side, even if you are the most, and this is where I think you can help people that want to help people, in that there's a lot of altruistic people that either are, want to be, or just genuinely very selfless and altruistic people. What I noticed in my observations with people like that is they're so concerned on others that they don't take care of themselves. And it's the old trope around you can't you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you go to, go to put it on anyone else. Because if you're gasping for air and you're like, fuck, I can't breathe, I'm lightheaded, I'm going black, I'm in pain, I'm in distress, adrenaline, it's really hard to help other people with their masks. So even if you're the most selfless, you should help others. And even if you're the most self, uh, sorry, even if you're the most selfish, you should help others. And even if you're the most selfless, you should help yourself. So in going through hell and going through that darkness that you mentioned before. Psychedelics. <laughs> it, you access that through psychedelics. Through psychedelics. I mean, obviously there's like an infinite amount of other variables, but one of the key catalysts, what I had, like I've had a couple bad, like I've had, at this point, mostly great and like psychedelics have been one of the most important tools, I would say. Um, is, it the, is, of, is it the integration after or is it during the actual trip? It was, no, it was during, during the trips when I like lose all control, like where I've like gone into the void of hell for, and then surrendered to the fact that I thought it was going to be there forever. So the first time I did LSD, um, it was in like August. 2018 and the day before I went skydiving with my friends and then the following day in Toronto, um, Canada, went to a place called High Park, so a big forest in the city and uh, with three of my friends, only one of us had done acid before 
and we're like, okay, yeah, so I'm guessing we'll do a dose. We'll do one tab of acid, LSD. And he's like, nah, nah, one's not enough. We're going to do two. <laughs> so did two tabs of acid, LSD, that day. And it started really good, but then very quickly it just devolved into absolute no control and what could probably safely and accurately be described as a full-out psychotic episode where I was literally, like, going through these different, like, uh, thought loops and going through, like, happiness and sadness and anger and all, all the entire breadth, the main subcat, the, the main overarching underbreadth, umbrella terms for all the human emotions within like the high level categories of those I felt I was going through a rotation of all them the problem was I would be feeling and like moving as if I was like laughing or laughing but I'd be crying or and vice versa so I'd be it was every I lit I had no root I had no anchor on reality and I thought it, and, and not only that, but like I ha- it was very, very uncomfortable. Like I, it was like, think about when you're on a road trip and you haven't gone to the washroom in like a couple hours and then you don't go and you're like, all right, we're going to wait. And then at one point you're like, whoa, it's like that. But then increasing by the second with the anxiety, with all the, the, the fear and the doubt and the, and everything, the range of emotion, the emotional burnout of exhaustion, and then actually getting to the point where I'm like, okay. This is going to be forever. And prior to that, I said, oh, it's very clear. I convinced myself of a, of a mode of being which self-prophesized itself into being. And I guess all prophecies are self-fulfilling. However, I said to myself, this will end when I submit to the fact that it's going to be like this for all eternity. And when I mean eternity, I don't mean like a, a lifetime or two or a thousand years or a million. I mean... A trillion, 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 trillion years wouldn't be 0.0000001% of that. For, and that even, it's infinite. Like, and I thought it would be like that and worse progressively in this pain of just the worst discomfort forever and ever and ever. And then only when I actually genuinely, genuinely, sincerely surrendered, I'm like, okay, this is it forever. And then it, eventually started to slowly creep back to reality but and then when you accepted that oblivion and you're fully accepted that did momentum start to come in then of the support and anchoring into this reality did it happen really quickly or did people and spaces and opening start to come slowly or how did that I think it was a couple things. So at one point, I think I was like screaming and crying. Like it was just like anything you could think of, like just total lot. Like lucky I didn't get arrested, honestly, because it's like a public place. But luckily, we are like somewhat secluded. Well, so you're, you're still talking about one. This is one experience. This is one trip. This is experience. just one trip. Oh, wow. OK, yeah, this is just one. Wow. And but I'm really lucky, like if there was in public or kids around or something like I probably would have got arrested. So close shave obviously uh worked out and i i had um i had a couple mushroom trips where i took too much uh and i used to not smoke a lot of weed and i took like more mushrooms than i thought and then i smoked weed and it just totally fucked me and i just like totally like lost it but i was fine um and then last year 2020 may 16th i took like five grams of mushrooms 
and like the heroic dose, Terrence McKenna, with uh, my best friend Jonathan, who you've yet to meet. And uh, it was really great, and it was actually overall a great experience, and I learned a lot, and I like remember looking at my hands and being like, oh wow, like you have power, and like you can actually make things happen. Um, sitting in the dirt in my backyard, but then after that, like totally lost it. And I had, not only did I face what I thought was the death, I thought I was the only one ever, and I thought, not only did I think everyone I knew and loved was dead, and I had to grieve that they're all dead, I fate in the same way I surrendered to the fact that I was going to be in that internal discomfort forever, I had literally convinced myself that not only did everyone, like, I had to face, like, that they died, but I faced that they never existed. And we know Eric Fromm in The Art of Loving, he talked about how all, all anxiety is stemmed from a, a feeling or a sense of separateness. And it was eternal, cosmic, absolute aloneness. But with the added twisting knife into the heart that it actually any semblance of not being alone at any point was an illusion. And you're always alone. Were you sharing these um, ideas and perceptions with those who are really close to you and loved? Were you make, making them a reality in your beliefs with sharing them? Were you changing your connections with people? Like, were you going to your mom and dad and letting them know that they're illusions and that... No, no, no. It was, sorry, let me, let me be, uh, clarify with that. That was... It wasn't a psychotic episode that lasted past the trip. It was just within the trip, I had actually convinced myself. Like, and what do you do when that happens? Well, you scream and cry. And I don't mean like crying and sniffling. I mean like shrieking at the top of like there's wailing. nothing, wailing, yeah. wailing, like nothing, like just absolute surrendering to this is the worst. This is the worst reality that could possibly exist. And it's going to go on for the worst amount of time forever. And that's a, and that's, so that's a negative side of it. But I would also say, and, and since then, it's just, you know, set and setting and better intention making and all those kind of things. And I, I, don't, I don't see myself being at risk of that. Like five, four or five days ago, I did DMT on the water here in San Marcos on Lake Atitlan and uh, with a guided musical ceremony with the intention of finding my voice. So you've, o- you've obviously shifted your um, honor and respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I respect of, them a lot more. Of yourself, the drugs, yeah. and the world around you. It's yeah. obviously, you're in San Marcos, yeah. surrounded by people who are yeah. very much so in their magic. Yeah. And if you're and wondering, and if you're wondering why, <laughs> um, after this, like, why do you still like psychedelics? Like, what's that about? You just had the worst things ever. And I mean, those, those were shitty experiences, and I wouldn't wish them on my worst enemy, but they were still very much character development. And like, oh, what if I don't get a punchline to this rhyme? That's okay. I've dealt with a lot worse. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of, there's, there is something to be said around experiencing what, what, one of the, what could be the worst experiences you could ever experience and then being okay and being like, okay, I'll be fine. What, what comes to my awareness is being in... Um, I've told this story before, but I really want to delve into it because I would like to explain it with more... Um, sincerity I was sit- lying in my camper van at Holloway's Beach in Cairns in Northern Australia mm. 
and I, I found myself just swallowing food. Mm-hmm. And I was observing the, the binging. I, 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 I didn't feel like I was in any ways taking part in the event. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally yeah. watching myself swallow. Yeah, yeah. I was okay. I accept. I was like, because any form of me fighting, it felt like such suffering. Yeah. So maybe I was f- afraid of the suffering or stopping myself or whatever it Sounds was. like the momentum, the inertia was already in that direction that to go out of your way to stop it would be seemingly too much effort. So I, I just went with it. Yeah. And I kept going and kept going. And this feeling came in of suicide or death or ending or... Yet it felt illusory because I took my clothes off quite frantically to just my shorts and it was like it was like a choice of like I'm going in here into the ocean and I went in to swim and scream yet maybe I don't know if it was an illusion or a story or an idea that something was going to die or I was dying or that I had no idea if I was going to come back right or if there was something going to come back yeah and I put myself through this um, suffering cycle. Yeah. And I connect to this deep experience over what I thought was a, a, a short period of time, which was over like maybe a, a year and a half period, which kind of feels like a similar extremity to your trip mm. that I felt was a really short period of extremity. You had it in a fucking literally in a, in a moment, that yep. eternity in a moment, yep. which gives me a bit of perspective. And I clawed through that suffering and I identified with that suffering and I felt like that suffering was needed. Mm. I felt like we needed to know how, yeah. what every God had brought to this earth. Yeah. Every portal of the rearrangement of this solar system that was made to destroy ourselves, that I needed to, in some way, see that and keep away from that and choose a solitary, clean lifestyle. Right. And cut off a lot of my really loving, playful, expressive, selfless, gorgeous... Yeah personality and character traits to destroy them all clean them all from me and come back to the basics of remembering I'm the elements don't regret it I'm very supported now yet I've been on a journey over the last year I think it's 2018 as well over the last two and a half years of bringing back and remembering these um, abilities Mm. Yeah. To express and share with these, with the, with with all of these worlds. Yeah. To not walk down the street and wish to be invisible so no one looked at me, yeah. so I wouldn't feel the projection. Not to go into a shop and have a, a monotone face. Mm. I got to a stage where I was monotone, so yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have to experience any of the misery of anyone else. Were you trying, like, trying to, in in the process of trying to eliminate your lows, you eliminated your highs. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> and 
I wasn't even I got to a stage where I wasn't even getting the highs in the places where I, they were supposed to be right. like meditation or yeah, running yeah. or swimming they became just lifeless disconnected to your source whatever the hell that means completely yeah. through this idea of how to get there and through dismantling all of that bullshit yeah but usually through humans characters coming into my life that I loved and was inspired by yet they were doing so many things that didn't align with my beliefs right so every one of them came in and brought me back a bit more into love and realizing how ridiculous this serious strict yeah, yeah, yeah. idea of way of being yeah, and yeah. this I, the rigidity I, I was supposed crazy. to be letting go of religious indoctrination right and I was found a new one found another indoctrination with, with just a different type yeah. self-med one mm. and self-medication um, no oh, self-made sorry self-made, self-made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I took marijuana in my life I took um, coffee out of my life I took all wow. stimulation yeah. out of my yeah. life <laughs> yeah. I made it fucking strict I made I made my vessels so mean that the only thing that could live in it would be lifeless and it's like what and like what are you keep what are you preserving it for you know it's like uh jim rome has a thing he's like listen it's all risky people are worried about it being risky but it's all risky getting married is risky having kids is risky uh getting starting a business is risky investing is risky well wait till they hand you the bill for not investing (laughs) He's like, listen, this is how risky life is. You're not going to make it out alive. And he's like, yeah, but I don't want to do that. It's dangerous. All right, then get in the corner then. We'll give you a blanket, three meal, three more meals a day. And the guy says, yeah, but what a way to live. Right, what a way to live. Safe and secure in the corner. Better to live 30 years doing what you would want to do than 100 years safe in the corner. Don't seek security, seek adventure. It's not how long you live that matters, it's how you live that matters.